is episode two of Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging from DePaul Community Resources. I'm your host, Allison Wickline. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn and grow together. Our guests for this episode are Deborah and Brett Martin. They are foster parents with DePaul and have been with us for about two years. In this episode, we'll be discussing what it's like to be a foster parent. What kind of drew you to becoming foster parents? What was kind of your calling? So I have always thought um, since I was younger about adoption. um, And I honestly hadn't thought about fostering um, until we got in contact with DePaul. But when my husband, when we moved down here from New York, we found that we had more time on our hands since all of our family was back home. And um, when we moved into a big three bedroom house, we had a lot of space. So just um, felt like it was the right time to start helping somebody that we could. So what was it that kind of changed your thinking as far as fostering? When I started researching adoption and saw um, how much money it would cost us and the process for that, um, made us think about other options. And when I was doing my initial searching, um, we found information about the foster fostering and fostering to adoption process. How did you guys find DePaul? How did all of that begin with DePaul? I initiated most everything, um, and just kind of talked Brett along. He wasn't fully on board in the beginning, but when I was doing my research um, and I was looking at adoption in Virginia, just in my Google searching, DePaul's name had come up. So I had seen it, um, but didn't really know much about it until the, what it would have been the summer of 2017 that we went to the Heritage Festival in Harrisonburg and um, DePaul had a tent and we talked to, I'm not sure if it was Tanya, but Bethany over in the Harrisonburg office, we talked to them um, at, at their little tent setup. Um, but just talking with, getting to talk with uh, our recruiter and um, when we when we started the home study process and everything, it just felt right. Didn't, we didn't need to look anywhere else. I think we looked into going directly through the DSS, um, but I think the more we looked at that, the more we found um, there weren't quite as many resources for foster parents directly through them. Um, and I think DePaul kind of, at least up front from what we saw, had a lot more uh, help and resources to offer us in the whole process. You all are younger. So did that ever give you guys hesitation being younger? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Simply put, yes. DePaul, just working with DePaul and through the trainings that they provided and everything, they kind of gave us a little confidence boost we needed to. To do it? <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To make it happen. To just make the leap. So what were your expectations going in? What did you think it was going to be like? Not having been parents before and being young, we expected the unexpected. <laughs> we really didn't know what what was going to be coming our way. I mean, obviously, we had what we learned from training and the home study process and all that and pre-service, but we didn't, um, I don't know, we just kind of went in with what we thought we would 
how we would handle our own children, biological children from the get go. And just went with that. Yeah. As far as the, any of the children, we weren't really sure what to expect. I think we had the same goals that we wanted to provide a, a safe home for anybody that came through as long as they needed it. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was, we were pretty open to the fact that we really had, we're going to have to learn a lot. Tell me about the kids that you welcomed into your home or that you're currently fostering right now as much as you can. Sure. So uh, pretty shortly after we got our certificate that we were approved, uh, we got a call for an emergency placement. It was for um, two younger girls and just based on the circumstances and how, how um, urgent it was, uh, we just didn't feel comfortable with taking that on as our first placement. We didn't feel prepared for that. It just didn't feel right. Um, and DePaul made us feel good about that decision that it was okay to say no. Um, yeah. And then pretty shortly after that, we got the call for the boys that we have now that we've had for the two years they moved in uh, August of 2018. Yep. We are their fifth placement in the uh it's been about four four and a half years or something total that they've been in care um and yeah they're well now 15 and nine and they're biological siblings and we are in the process right now of adopting them both i think that a lot of people don't think about the fact that there are a lot of sibling sets in foster mm -hmm. care and possibly adoption did you guys hesitate when you heard that it was a sibling set that you would not only your first placement would be not just one child, but a sibling set? For me, when we were talking about what, what we thought we were comfortable with, we thought that having at least two would be the better, I mean, would just be helpful because to have siblings, they have somebody that have been there with them. So they have some sense of that with them always. And our thought too was, um, kids don't always want to play with their parents. So they'd have like a playmate that would just help us overall. But yeah, we, we were from the beginning pretty much thinking that it would probably end up with at least two with a sibling set. So what has the time, you know, these last two years, what has it been like for you and then for the children in your home? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy and fun all at the same time. Yeah. Spent a lot of learning, a lot of family meetings, a lot of um, just getting to know each other. I mean, Brett and I getting to know each other even better as um, a couple and getting to know the boys and then showing them what we've, what we've learned. It's not all been easy at all, not at all. <laughs> but it's, it's really, it's always worth it. Yeah. I think we've, think we've been yet to be proven wrong about it being worth it. So, Yeah, I think that's a, another misconception people have going in is it's going to be easy as long as you have the proper training that everything's going to be fine and it's going to go very smoothly. But I'm sure you guys feel it's important that families understand that, you know, being a foster parent is challenging sometimes. Right. Very that's challenging. And even under the same roof, coming from the same biological family, no two kids are the same. And we've, there's been a lot, I mean, 
they talk about the honeymoon phase when the children move in and our both of them went through it at different times. The, the beginning, the honeymoon was with the little one. And then as we got more comfortable and um, things started shifting and then the honeymoon phase was with the, the older one. No one thing usually works for both of them. It's it's a lot of a lot of learning, a lot of trying to think on your feet and like I said, it's just it's not easy, but it's always worth it. What has been the most challenging part of the whole journey so far? So for me, it's been not taking the behaviors and issues that we're having personally, because um, obviously they're living with you um, and they're they're acting out based on a rule that I made or something like that. So it's hard to keep grounded in the fact that um, there's a need underneath those behaviors and we got to figure out what it is. It's not about me personally. That's been the hardest thing is for me to remind myself of that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that are really challenging as you could probably guess. I mean, um, for me, you know, for us as a couple, I think finding that time for yourself um, and trying not to feel bad about it. Um, you know, you don't want to get burnt out and not be effective as in your role to help these children. Um, and then probably the biggest thing I, I found challenging is um, learning new ways, good ways uh, to parent Um learning how to parent at all for us, especially, but, uh, you know, like Deb said, it, these kids are coming from all kinds of bad habits and traumas and things like that. And years of, you know, behaviors that they developed and, and they're placed with you. And it's, so you have to work around that. And that's very challenging. You know, what worked for you as a kid probably won't work for them. What worked for your bio, biological kids are probably not going to work for them. And so that's a lot of learning uh, that has to be done for sure. After a couple years as foster parents, what does it feel like to be a foster parent? It was hard for me to, to think about how, I mean, how I feel as, as a parent, just because it, it's still a little foreign of a feeling because it's, we don't have any biological children, but um, for, for us, for our specific situation um there is pressure with it because we we do have children with significant trauma and um it is a constant um give and take with figuring out what works will it work this time it didn't work this like to to figure out what we need to do and what's going to work best for the boys so that's that feels i mean it's a responsive huge responsibility and pressure um but that's always that whenever I get overwhelmed with that, they really have a knack for then showing me progress. <laughs> and then, then I just feel proud of what they've been able to do, but like us as a family, how far we've come from two years ago. When did you start thinking about adopting instead of just fostering them? Well, <laughs> um, the boys moved in August 7th of 2018 and um, until they pulled into our driveway, we were under the, um, impression that, I mean, the goal was still return home, um, so that it was just going to be for a short period and the, not the DePaul worker, the, the, um, DSS worker from, from the County, when they were putting their bags in their room said, um, 
that they didn't have much confidence in Biomom and asked, they said that they were looking for a potential adoptive home as they moved in with us. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a little nerve wracking at first. And I think, um, I think at least for me, one of the big times that it hit us um, was it wasn't too far into them staying with us. I think it was probably a month or two. Um, and our oldest uh, had kind of flat out asked us um, if we could adopt them. And that was kind of a shock on a car ride home out of nowhere. But, um, you know, it sort of, I think really was the first time that we thought about it and considered it. Um, and the more we got to know the boys and, you know, more we fell in love with them. And I, uh, I think it we just had to. You guys are in the process right now of pursuing adoption. Once that adoption process is finalized in some way, have you considered fostering or do you think that will be the time to close your home? Um, so I have been open to continuing to keep our, to our home, um, open to the poll at, at the very minimum for respite because respite's played a huge role for us because like I said, we were, we're from Buffalo, New York and all of our family and friends are there. So we don't have grandma and grandpa that can watch them or uh, aunt and uncle that can babysit for us. So DePaul hooking us up with uh, respite care has been huge for us um, for the, the past two years. Um, but I mean, because it's going to be a transition with adoption, even though it's a happy time, it's also a sad time for them, especially. And for us to get through that, work through that transition and get to a, what we feel stable, happy, comfortable place. Um, I think, I think that we will start having more discussions about another placement after that. So two years ago, if you can think back and then think about where the boys are today, what kind of a change have you seen in them since they came into your home initially and then after two years where they're at today? Um, the biggest thing I think when they moved in is they had zero trust in any adult figure whatsoever. And for good reason, they had every... yeah. They had every reason to have that feeling. Um, and now we've gotten to the point where the 15 year old likes to overshare <laughs> with, with us. Um, they're pretty open. I mean, we talk about everything we've every um, evening we have, when we sit down for dinner, we go around the table and say at least one thing we're thankful for and how we're feeling. So we're practicing talking about how our emotions and how we're feeling. And they've both, I mean, we couldn't get nothing out of them in the beginning, but now they're they're pretty open about stuff. Um, yeah. They're open-minded as far as trusting new people. We've gotten the older one into counseling. Their uh, the schooling is turned around a lot. Um, the older one had an IEP when he moved in, and since then they've he's no longer eligible for that. Yeah, and they they questioned why it was that way in the beginning. Um, our youngest has improved several grade levels in reading, uh, their schooling's, they're like different kids in school. Um, and 
from what everybody who's been with them for a while now and even before us has said the same exact thing they're they're like different kids in the best way possible thankfully we have a good relationship with their biological the paternal grandparents and we actually went um back before all this started we were on a trip to tennessee and we stayed with them for a few nights in a hotel and um they said that they can just feel with them the the a calm that they didn't feel before because their their life has been chaos um that they that they can tell that they're happy and just feel safe thankfully the boys have their grandparents and they're huge they're a huge um help for for them and for us they've been a really great support for all of us so what would you all want others to know about what it's like to be a foster parent um there's definitely a lot of things that are useful pieces of advice um you know try not to take things personally these kids come from a, a deep history and a, and you know things that they're experiencing might not be directly related to you but you're there for them and that can be good a lot of the times but it can also be uh, stressful so try not to take it too personally yeah we just and told with our boys from the beginning we've treated them as if they were staying as if they were our biological children um and that's been key i think with a lot of the progress that we've made with them is that um when things have changed um not, we didn't change the we didn't how change our the house way ran. we interacted with them the way we treated them the way we you know felt about them the way we yeah, we've always told them from the beginning that no matter what even if if they were able to go home with their mother, um, that we would be there for them, that they would be able to call us um, if they're able to, and um, that we would always love them no matter what, no matter what they, they couldn't do. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't say anything that would um, change how we felt about them. Um, and I know that struck a chord with the oldest one, especially um, with being consistent with them. Use DePaul's resources that they offer especially respite and trainings and those type of things don't um, be afraid to reach out to people there's a lot of people that are going through exactly what you're going through and feeling things that are you know that you're feeling um lots of families that are all in it together so definitely reach out you know find that time for yourself you don't want to get burnt out you know recharge take care of yourself so you can take care of them I'm just just set your boundaries and be consistent from the beginning. Be fair. We've always told the, the boys that um, these are the rules. This is this is what we're setting. And if you don't feel that it's fair, or if you have an idea for how we can change it and make it better, that as long as you come to us respectfully, we're always open to listen. And that doesn't mean you're always it's going to change and you're going to get your way. But um, we'll always sit here and listen and be open to that. And I think that's made a huge huge difference with with boys feeling like that they're not trapped with the, the rules that we have i guess i asked you earlier what was the most challenging part of this whole journey so what has been the best part of this whole journey kind of looking back on it now seeing and realizing the impact that you're having on two lives two human lives i mean it's it's quite humbling and amazing to me yeah, seeing their seeing their progress that they've made, um, just I mean, as human beings, as students, as part of a family, and and also 
um, seeing our families embrace them and them embrace our families. We've got huge families. I've got all sorts of aunts, uncles, cousins. I've got um, my siblings, his siblings, and they've got lots of grandparents. They talk about that all the time. How many grandparents do we have? Yeah. Just everybody embracing each other. It's just been incredible to see that. It, I mean, they fit right in. It didn't, they didn't miss a beat with coming part of our, part of our family. Thank you all so much for sharing your experience and your story. Hopefully it inspires others to consider fostering or adopting. Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging is hosted by DePaul Community Resources, a nonprofit organization. Since 1977, DePaul has opened doors to hope and belonging for countless children, families, and individuals with disabilities across Central and Southwest Virginia. To learn more about DePaul and the topics discussed here, please visit depaulcr.org slash opening doors podcast.